Welcome to Get Up in the Cool, old-time music with Cameron DeWitt and friends. This week's friend is the virtuosic and eclectic fiddler Andrew Finn McGill. We recorded this interview and jam in front of a live audience at the Random Tea Room in Philadelphia back in November. Finn is an extremely talented musician with a seemingly bottomless well of interesting stories and experiences, so he's basically a dream guest for Get Up in the Cool. And I don't want to spoil anything in the intro, so I'll just say that we get into some non-old-time shenanigans, which I'm always down for. If you find yourself really enjoying this episode, maybe take it to the next level and sign up to regularly support the show. There are some awesome prizes available to different levels of supporters like a weekly bonus track or MP3 downloads. Just go to CameronDeWitt.com and click or tap the button that says Patreon or follow the link in this episode's description on your podcatching app. Be sure to stick around after the interview and the music to find out where you can see Finn play live and how to order and download his two-part concept album, Roots and Branches. I'm very, very pleased to share with you my conversation and jam with Andrew Finn McGill. Enjoy, friends. Andrew Finn McGill, welcome to Get Up in the Cool. Thank you. And also welcome here. my like first official audience. Thanks for being here so much. Yeah. For for those of you who don't already listen to the show, uh, Get Up in the Cool is a um, interview and old time jam podcast. I play with uh, uh, old time musicians and musicians sometimes peripheral or tangential to the old time scene. Um, we play. It's a weekly show, so I play with anyone who who. But I, I'm always very grateful to get someone of uh, Finn's caliber. Andrew oh, Finn McGill, my your pleasure. stage name, my Finn, <laughs> your uh, friend yeah, name. Yeah, Finn is just, it's shorter, it's sweeter. Yeah. Andrew Finn McGill's my name. It is short now. and sweet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, we've been hanging out. His, this, is how I, this is how I met you. It was maybe like 1 o'clock in the morning, and we mm. had a, a jam at Clifftop. That's right. This was uh, three cliff tops ago, and mm-hmm. um, 
we were having this A jam and it was very magical. It was a lot of profound, transcendent yeah. things were happening. Yeah. A lot of jokes uh, musically and, uh, mm -hmm. and conversationally. And um, I don't remember if I actually met you there. <laughs> I can't remember. It was very dark and I basically at that point didn't know anybody. Um, but we all exchanged emails because yeah. I recorded some tunes and you recorded a mm. bunch of the set. And then we like we did a really rare thing uh, in old time circles, which was we shared all of our recordings. And uh, usually right. you're like, oh, it was so special. And you listen back and it was like, <laughs> that doesn't really translate. Uh, but I think a lot of them. No, it really was. Yeah, a lot of them sounded really good. It was a magical A session. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't just our imaginations. I think we, uh, we sent an email to everyone that was at that session. Yeah. And uh, that, was, that email was circulating for a while. And then yeah. someone emailed, oh, I, I lost the tunes. Can you send, send it yeah. again? And I listened to those tunes for years. I mean, <laughs> for really the last three years. Yeah, they're great. It's pretty cool. Uh, so, yeah, I most of my interactions with you until you came to Philly have been just electronic. I didn't yeah. specifically remember you, and I didn't mm -hmm. even remember. I'm really good friends with a lot of those people now, and I was like, oh yeah, they were there too. I looked at the email list. Amy anyway, Alvey and Alex. Yeah, and, just yeah. a lot of awesome young, uh, young old time players, and a few. Mm -hmm older all-time players too. Yeah, that's right. Bertram Levy was there and that's he right. left because he was grumpy because we were playing too fast. <laughs> Is that why he left? That's what he uh. said. He's like, you guys are playing too fast. Oh, I do remember that now. There's yeah. always one in every old time <laughs> yeah. session. Yeah, and he may have been right, but... Um... <laughs> yeah, but it was, it was worth it. Yeah. So um, here's, here's what I know about you. Uh, mm -hmm. You play the fiddle and you play many, many, many fiddle styles. Mm. You identify as being primarily an Irish fiddler, or at least those mm -hmm. are your roots. Yeah. Um, but you also play Brazilian, you play old time. Mm -hmm. Do you play bluegrass? I do play bluegrass. That's okay, this is a safe place, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, I wasn't sure how to answer that. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's fine. Our listeners can't see the, the sneaky look in your eye when you ask me that question. <laughs> this is a real gotcha question. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you play a little bit of everything, or you play a lot of everything. Uh, mm. I still don't really know how you got into playing fiddle in the first place. You mentioned offhand that your dad had some sort of camp, music camp. Yeah. Take us on the journey. How'd you get into okay. playing fiddle and specifically old time music? Okay. Go. All right. Let's see how, how well I can do this. Uh, my dad is the director, the founder and director of the Swan Noah Gathering, which is- Oh my a, God. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, that's, that's what he does and that's- That's huge. Yeah, well, it, it didn't start that way, but it's kind of become something which is huge, yeah. yeah. Which has been pretty cool to be a part of, because basically ever since I was, uh, so we're, we're going on 25 years now and I'm 29. Yeah. So pretty much uh, since I was a kid, long before I even thought about playing the fiddle, I still grew up there. I still yeah. was exposed to all that music. And it was about when I was 10 years old that I decided I was going to learn the fiddle. And I can't remember, I don't think there was any particular moment or like fiddler that inspired me I just yeah. decided to learn the fiddle you had just been absorbing it mm -hmm. just all your life until that yeah. point. it's like well yeah yeah obviously I'm gonna and well I actually learn. really wanted to have nothing to do with it when I was really young because I was more interested in like riding bicycles in the dirt and like because you were a bad boy <laughs> yeah I was a bad boy you know <laughs> ripped jeans and yeah that was me uh, but then one one day I just um well my dad played the fiddle so he didn't play a lot when I was a kid, but yeah. it was in the house. So I saw it, I was exposed to it. And then obviously through all the 
the great fiddlers he brought to this one note gathering uh, from a very young age I was seeing them and like it was all kind yeah. of building up um, in in my head I guess and then I started with Irish music because both my parents play Irish music and there was also a really thriving traditional Irish music scene in Asheville North Carolina uh, which is where I grew up yeah props <laughs> to Asheville <laughs> and then um, and then I when I think I was 14 I discovered jazz uh, someone gave me a hot club tape, yeah. Stefan Grappelli and Jingle Reinhardt, and that was it for me. And I just started, I think I transcribed every solo off that tape and just got really into jazz and then started studying music in a more uh, serious way, like in a more nerdy way, I guess. Um, and then all my friends, when I got into high school, I discovered that all of the, my friends, the music that all of them were playing was old time music. That was sort of the lingua franca of my age group. Yeah. Because um, most of the, the, there were a few kids my age that played Irish music, but most of them were older, um, like a, maybe a generation removed from me. So uh, when I became like a late teenager, early 20 something, I started to get really into old time originally because that was the way that I could play with all my friends yeah. in, in school, you know? And then. Um, I love that that's like how you got, had to get in. With your well, friend group, yeah, right. learn how to play Tommy Gerald tunes. I know. Well, you know, Asheville's a pretty liberal, progressive place, I guess. Yeah. So, you know, it's not about what jeans you wear; it's about what Tommy Gerald tune you play, yeah. I guess. Um, but, and then I took a class with who was it? I think it was Brad Leftwich. We were talking about this today, and uh, well, the first the first old time filler to really uh, like wow me that, that hooked me was Raina Gellert who's from Asheville as well. And uh, and the first time I heard her, her, I was just amazed. I just wanted to listen to her all the time. And then I slowly but surely started to discover more old-time fiddlers and um, had a Bruce Molsky phase. I think I'm still in it. Um, <laughs> I think we all are. Yeah. And then um, I had a class with Brad Leftwich, and I was just so taken with his attention to detail and, yep. and how deep. Because you, I mean, if you learn a tune like... Um, Cluck Old Hen, I mean, there's not that many notes in it, right? But then if you learn it with Brad Leftwich, yep. all of a sudden, there's so much more to it, you know? There's, yeah. like, down to which direction his bow is moving and, like, the history behind the tune and the, the players that have recorded it. He's for sure, like, an old-time scientist. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, so that's when I really uh, started to appreciate how deep this music is, and it ceased to be just a lingua franca, just, like... Yeah. Because a lot of people just learn a few tunes, you know, like, oh, I know a few old-time tunes, yeah. you know. Um, but then you start learning about the history and the, the meanings behind the titles, which sometimes can be pretty racy and, and yeah. hilarious. And um, or racist. Or racist, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and then uh, I think, also, honestly, being from that part of the world, Asheville, North Carolina, yeah. a, lot of, a lot of the two names and players are, like, local, you know. Yeah. And it's kind of easier to place it all and like connect with it a little bit more and I think that helped but uh, at the end of the day I just just wanted to rock out and like play some good tunes you know I think that's yeah that's that's really the, the end goal is to just have a great time playing good tunes I'd say this genre definitely lends itself to like it's like pretty inclusive and pretty like it's pretty good party oh party yeah party music you don't have to wait your turn or right right <laughs> yeah. right, right absolutely yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So that's my story. <laughs> oh, and then there's more. I mean, yeah. that's how I got All right, into old time. Thanks for coming, right? everybody. <laughs>
Uh, it's very succinct. I'm gonna have to yeah. like ask some follow-up questions after we play a little Billy Wilson. Let's do it. Do you remember where you learned any of these tunes by any chance? Yeah. That was an okay answer. So this tune um, I I got from Hannah Seng, who is a great uh, banjo and fiddle player from Asheville, North Carolina. I've gotten a lot of tunes from her actually. Thanks, Hannah. Yeah, thank you, Hannah. I'm sure she's listening. Yeah. Because I'll tell her after this to yeah. listen. <laughs> I'm gonna let you do that first pass if you don't mind. And I'm gonna yeah, jump yeah. In. Okay. Maybe a little lopier. Yeah, let's, let's make it nice and lopey.
Thank you, Hannah. <laughs> good old, good old little Billy Wilson. Yeah. Yeah. Good old William Wilson. William Wilson. <laughs> yeah. Great. Creative parents. Yeah. <laughs> cool stuff. Yeah. So, um, you have a, an entertaining story that you've mm. heard you tell a couple times now to me and then to my wife, and it was. Uh, the story of how you had a scholarship for grad school mm -hmm. and uh, some stuff set up in New York and uh, for a very interesting reason you decided <laughs> to move to Brazil yeah maybe take us from from the start there uh, well the story is very short um, if I just answer with a woman <laughs> which is always the reason you move anywhere yeah uh, the job or a woman um, and in this case, I'd actually already met her. I, I went down to Brazil in 2014, January 2014, to escape winter in New York, which if you've ever done, you know is miserable. I'm sure in Philadelphia it's not that much Not better. great. <laughs> not great. No. Yeah. So you can relate. Um, I was originally just going to be down there for two months. And, um, and I ended up staying for a third month because this winter was especially brutal. Um, but it's a good thing I stayed for another month because I met uh, this woman literally the last day that I was going to leave. And I stayed for another month. And during that month, I got to know her. And uh, before I knew it, four, four to five months later, I was living in Rio. <laughs> yeah. Where I've lived for the last two years, two years and a few months. And I just moved back a week ago. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I, I um, you know, when I... I was living in New York City at the time, and as I said, and when I got back, I got into grad school and had all these things lined up, and I tried my hardest uh, to, as I told you, I tried my hardest to to not have this work out, you know? To be a, res a responsible adult. Be a responsible adult <laughs> and, not, and not fall in love. Uh, be unhappy like a... Yeah, be like a like workaholic grad student in cold, <laughs> miserable New York City, but, yeah. you know, I just... Uh, I don't know, I felt too hard for this one. And so yeah. I moved there and really got into the Brazilian choro music. Yeah. And, um, Did you know anything about Brazilian music before moving to Brazil? I mean, my knowledge of Brazilian music was kind of, I think, what a lot of ours is, which is sure. you know, Girl from Ipanema and yeah. and like samba, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. Uh, and I knew I actually knew what choro was, um, but I didn't, you know, I knew what it was, but I didn't know it. I didn't really know how the music worked or what the tunes were like. And then once I started to learn it, I just completely fell in love with it. It's amazing stuff. So yeah. Right on. <laughs> so what, yeah, I'm curious, like what do the Brazilian musicians make of just like, I mean, it just like makes so much sense that you're an Irish fiddler just cause you're like the Irishest looking person. I know. And your name's Finn McGill. I actually, I actually got a job in Brazil uh, as a gringo model. Hey, they, they needed they needed <laughs> they needed gringos for this uh, this, yeah. this billboard advertisement and uh, yeah and it was really funny because it was my Australian friend uh, who's who's living there as an expat and she's very blonde very Australian yeah. and uh, and she calls me she's like um, Finn do you want to make six hundred hours tomorrow and to be my boyfriend. And yeah. I was like, yes, you know, so. Uh, Follow-up questions. At this point, I hadn't, met, I hadn't met my wife. Just for the record, if Chris is listening, I yeah. hadn't met her yet. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, but evidently she had brought in like three or four other 
um, like more fair-skinned Brazilian guys earlier, trying to pass them off as like, because they needed a couple. Yeah. They, they needed a gringo couple. And uh, yeah. so she brought in a few. God, God forbid they have like a mixed couple in well, their advertisement. It was for, it was for Airbnb. And okay. It, and it needed to be like a clearly gringo couple. I mean, yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you. But yeah, it's like, this could be you. I wasn't yeah. the marketing person. I didn't decide, you know. So yeah. she brought in like a few uh, like, like lighter skinned Brazilian guys who like they just weren't convinced that. Yeah. These guys looked gringo enough, and then when they then she brought me in, and they looked at each other, like the the team, and they they looked gringo, at her, yeah. and they're like, yeah. it's like okay, this is a gringo, like this is a gringo. It's this is the gringo. I just scream gringo when I <laughs> yeah, like I don't I don't scream physically, but I think yeah. my complexion does. It's yeah, yeah. But so, I to answer your question, people are pretty um, receptive to uh, foreigners playing yeah. this music because it's not even widely listened to in Brazil. So I think the fact that there's people outside Brazil that are into this music yeah. is just super fascinating to them and yeah. and like makes them feel uh, it's like makes them feel really happy that people are playing this outside Brazil. They're not writing like like um Jezebel articles about how this like new gringo <laughs> fiddler is misappropriating their music. They're I mean, just they, like, they oh great, be. yeah, let's make the party bigger. Yeah, uh, yeah. I would hope so. I yeah. mean, no one's forwarded me any of those articles <laughs> yet, you know. I'm sure if they're out there, they'll forward them to me eventually. Yeah, <laughs> but um, but there's um, there's now actually uh, so in Rio there's what's called a Clube do Choro, which is a Choro club basically, and it's it's kind of where uh, people uh, go to learn the music and yeah. and there's it's like kind of kind of a collective of musicians, and these clubs have sprouted up all over Europe. There I think there's like six or seven countries in Europe that have uh, like really vibrant Brazilian music communities and I was actually just in Europe I played for the um, the the Clube do Choro in Brussels and you're there and like you're surrounded by these Belgians and French yeah. people and they're all speaking Portuguese they're all in the sandals you know they're all with like the yeah like the the muscle tee shirts I mean they're, mm -hmm. it's like it's really weird but very cool yeah. that they're so into this music so I think it's it's really catching on outside Brazil cool. and um and uh, and of course the Brazilians are, are aware of that and yeah. and they're now going to like the Netherlands and well it's and good for them because that means that they can like go make money like touring and stuff because like mm. they're, you know they're, you're making like a a demand for it you know mm -hmm. an awareness of it and it's like oh yeah we want to hear that yeah yeah that, that genre that I can't pronounce yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh you you nailed thing. it earlier sure 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 sounds yeah. like just one syllable. Yeah, I guess so. It does. Here's the thing: we're we're gonna play a a Brazilian tune, but mm. it's not of that genre. Can I put you on the spot? Can you play sure. one of the, play one of them now, and then we'll play that other one? Yeah, that I can play with sure. you. Sure. Um, so this is uh, a tune called Perulas, and it means pearls in Portuguese, and it's by a guy named Jacob do Bandolim, who is probably the most well-known mandolin player yeah. uh, from this um, tradition. And so you go to any short of session and yeah. like, you know, a third of the tunes might be from him, you yeah. know, from his pen. So uh, this is Berlish or Pearls.
<laughs> yeah. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. That's totally outside of, of totally my paradigm. Totally different. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I guess now this is going to be a Brazilian music podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's your podcast. So it's yeah. You. Man, that's awesome. Uh, so that would normally be played um, on a, a mandolin. So those, yeah. those big sweeps the, that I do with the bow are like yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of trying to emulate the, what the mandolin would do, like the chords. Right. Yeah. What key was that? Uh, that was... Oh, is there a complicated answer a. to that? <laughs> it was an A. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, they often the tunes often change key. That's another yeah, thing. Yeah. So, uh, he that tune was actually um, an A A B B A, and the tunes always end with the A part. But usually they're A A B B A C C A, and so each one of the parts would be in a different key. Usually the relative major or minor or like you know it's always sensible key changes. It's never like E flat to. A major, <laughs> you know. So yeah, but they do change key a lot. It's not not so great for for you. No, <laughs> it's great for me to listen to, mm. not to play along with. Maybe if I was one of them bluegrass banjo players who didn't, yeah, who well, knew how to play everything out of one tuning. No, but I hear you're a pretty accomplished piano player, so yeah, maybe you know? maybe that'll be my end. Yeah. All right, let's get to G real quick. Take a yeah, quick tuning break, and uh, maybe. While I'm doing this, someone would be willing to like throw some more uh, wood in this thing. Would someone be willing to do that? I think it's mm. back here. Um, yeah, thanks, dude. Yeah, there's like a bunch of bunch of logs. It's getting a little getting a little chilly. It is getting a little chilly. Yeah. Yeah. All right, we're doing. Okay. Oh, thank you so much. Mm -hmm. So much. <laughs> what are we doing now? Um, doing that Brazilian tune. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, the genre of this tune, what is it called? So this, we're going to do uh, sort of a cultural mashup here. Uh, this is a tune called Asa Branca, which is written by Luis Gonzaga, who is maybe one of the most important musicians in Brazilian history. And this is like one of his big hits. And he plays a genre called Forró, which um, I've heard is sort of the Brazilian pronunciation of For All, because the music was For All very democratic music anyone can play it um i don't know if that's true if anyone could play it but it is definitely easier to play than choro um yeah. and certainly easier on the banjo yeah because <laughs> it's For all banjo because it doesn't change key yeah. yeah uh so this is asa branca which means white wing right so yeah, we're gonna do good. and we're gonna do it brazilian old time yeah we'll we'll find out right yeah, now. yeah <laughs> what's that tempo okay
<laughs> that was great. <laughs> yeah. For all. That was, I was a bronca. My yeah. Luis Gonzaga. Yeah. <laughs> it sure was. Okay, great. Uh, well, I hate to do another tuning break, but I got to get to D. And then no more tuning mm. breaks. Then we're good for the this rest of the time. This is my fault. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Yeah, just give me, this one won't take as long. Yeah. All right. Let's, so, yeah. let's go back to, back, uh, to the, back to the States. The other hillbillies. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we're um, going to go to near Derry, Pennsylvania. Okay. We're going to play a Sarah Armstrong Oh, yeah, tune. that's right. Yeah. This tune shows up on, on my show a lot, and I just, like, I could do it every every episode. I just like it so much. It's yeah. such a good tune. Yeah. Uh, Sarah Armstrong's tune. Yeah, let's, let's do let's it. Do it. Yeah. Thank you. 
that's such a good tune. It's a good tune. <laughs> I don't think she would have liked the way we played it, but I liked it. <laughs> I liked it. Have you seen a picture of her? No, actually. That lady looks stern. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Like Madame Trunchbull from Matilda or something. Yeah. It's a really obscure reference. You got a picture on you? <laughs> Kate's gone? Yeah. She was wearing a Sarah Armstrong t-shirt. What? <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, Sarah got upset when we started playing, and that's why Kate had to leave. <laughs> Sarah on her shirt was yeah. not approving of those <laughs> sports. The <avatar laughs> Sarah Armstrong. Yeah, she's a stern-looking lady. I don't know if she would have been down with all that, but I liked it. I loved it. I'm pretty, I sh I'm pretty sure she's dead, so it's fine. So you think it's okay? <laughs> yeah, but... If she's listening to this podcast, some people in thought she was a thought she was a witch, so she might. Oh, yeah. Might I mean, when you write <laughs> tunes like that, you know, yeah, there is something supernatural going on. Yeah. There. Um, great. I'm trying to think of what mm. else do I, uh, what else do I want to ask you about? Oh yeah. So obviously, mm -hmm. you know, we should talk about your roots and branches. Oh right. Double yeah, yeah. album. That whole thing. What's in the future now that you're back in the U.S. Turin, you're not getting your graduate's degree in public health. Definitely not. Nope. <laughs> Playing fiddle. Get my, my degree in life health. Yeah, you are. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Me mental well health. Put. <laughs> mental health, which yeah. can only be attained by playing lots of music. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you, those of you who are public health people. We, you're really, really necessary. And <laughs> no, absolutely. No, I, um, I, I'm back. Um, what else to say? Yeah, so this album that I just released, it's actually a two-disc project. Yeah. And I released the first disc, Roots, in June. And I released the second, Branches, literally a week ago, October 24th. Um, so maybe two weeks ago. Yeah. But it's a concept album, and the concept is my musical roots and branches. So yeah. uh, maybe self-explanatory. <laughs> but So my roots are traditional Irish music, really, because uh, that's what my parents play and that's that's the first music that I grew up playing so on the roots disc um, I'm playing with a lot of people that I played with early on yeah. uh, and a few people later on but I tried to keep it true to yeah. that early phase of my life so John Doyle on guitar and Killian Valley on pipes and a great fiddler named Duncan Wickle who plays uh, all sorts of genres Irish music old-time jazz but we grew up playing Irish music together. We're about the same age. I'm smiling not because I know all these names, it's just because you're saying like Irish sounding names like Killian and Killian, Duncan. yeah. yeah and that Killian makes and me smile. <laughs> I know. Killian's about as Irish as you get, right? Yeah. Uh, and Vincent Fogarty. That's a pretty Irish name, right? <sighs> Fogarty. As far as I know. Oh. Vincent, if, you, if you're listening, <laughs> hope I'm right. Um, but, uh, and then the Branches disc is, is all originals, but it's... Um, it's inspired by the Irish music and all the other kinds of music that I've yeah. been inspired by since then. Yeah. So there's definitely old time influence, bluegrass, uh, classical, um, not a whole lot of Brazilian because that's more of a recent thing. Yeah. Uh, and the album's like a year It'll and a half be old the now. Flowers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking, oh, well, the next album's got to be leaves, flowers, leaves. blossoms. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Keep it very, you know, floral, spring themed. Yeah. Um, so, and it's got a lot of musicians that I've come to know later in life um drop uh, some names grant, drop the names okay grant gordy yes on guitar. that's a good name drop yeah <laughs> that's a really good one uh david brown who I plays with a band called rising appalachia oh i know them. um yeah amazing guitar player uh jeez, there's, there's a lot of people on there uh 
for the last few years, I've played off and on with a Scottish band called the Paul McKenna Band. And so they're on there too, Paul McKenna and Sean Gray, who plays flute in the band, plays guitar in this album. I think there's like four or five guitar players on this disc, but... Uh, so taking, anyway, taking turns. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. Okay. Um, not all at the same time. No. I didn't know if this was like an <laughs> Eagles situation or something. No, 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 no. There's Hotel not California. Like a twelve-string guitar player, an electric guitar player, a six-string. No. Okay. Good. Um, but it's it's all pretty acoustic and it's all like kind of trad-based, but influenced by different traditions, yeah. mostly Irish and American ones. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's my most recent project, and then maybe a year from now we'll be talking about leaves. I don't know. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Yeah, let's see what happens. So, so this last tune. This last tune is uh, Tune Off Branches, which you just learned, and it just it sounds amazing. And I've never played it. You guys will be the first to hear this live. Never played this live with anyone. And Cameron's just going to kill it on the banjo. I know it. Uh, it's called Coming Home, and I wrote it when I was coming home, actually. Yeah. Uh, about a year ago. When I, was, I had, hadn't been home in like a year. So I think I wrote this on the plane or something. Yeah. So, coming home. This is a, one of the sweetest tunes oh, ever. Thanks. It's it's just so mm. sweet and warm and nice. It's, yeah, I'm excited to play it. Thank you so much yeah. for being uh, on Get Up in the Cool. Andrew My Finn pleasure. Miguel. And thanks you guys for showing showing up yeah. and listening. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. We're <laughs> <laughs> we gonna take it home now. Coming yeah, home. Yeah. And then uh, stick around. Andrew's gonna play um, some more some more tunes. Maybe. Uh, I'll join in for a couple, but it's going to be a lot of stuff that's outside of my my jurisdiction. Your paradigm. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> All right, yeah, coming home. Here we go. Well, let me do a quick little... Because we're outside and I'm playing banjo. Mm-hmm. All right, sorry this is taking so long. This is going to be so nice and clean on the podcast. It's just going to be like, coming home, then we're just going to get right into it. I cut through all the chaff. <laughs> on the podcast, get up in the cool, iTunes, or Stitcher, or whatever. Not so much
Thank you, man. Thank yeah. you. Finn has a lot of shows coming up, so I'm going to highlight a couple real quick. He's playing at the Tosco Music Party in Charlotte on January 21st. Then, in the middle of February, he's playing at the National Folk Alliance in Kansas City with the official showcase band, The Resonant Rogues. Go to Finn's website for a full list of shows and links to buy tickets. AndrewFinnMcGill.com. McGill is spelled M-A-G-I-L-L. While you're there, you gotta buy Roots and Branches, Finn's two-part concept album. If you want to support the show and get exclusive access to weekly bonus tracks and MP3 downloads, go to CameronDeWitt.com and click or tap the button that says Patreon, or follow the link in this episode's description on your podcatching app. For this week's bonus track, Finn and I play the Gary Harrison classic and enigma of a tune, Boys, Them Buzzards Are Flying. If you want to attend a live taping of Get Up In The Cool in your city, please let me know. Maybe we can set up a house show or even something at a more traditional venue. What I would really love to do is record Get Up In The Cool live as a featured part of old time and folk music festivals and camps. Drop me a line at getupinthecool at gmail.com or fill out the contact form on my website, camerondewitt.com, or send me a message uh, at the Get Up In The Cool Facebook page. This live show went really, really well, and Finn played an extended set after the interview that was incredible. I'd love to repeat the experience as often as possible, so please contact me and let's set something up. Thanks for listening, friends. I'll see you same time next week for more Get Up In The Cool.